We all see our lives as prescribed by circumstances and by our own limitations. This wasn't the case for Percy LeVon Julian. Born in Montgomery, Alabama, the son of a railway mail clerk and grandson of enslaved people, in an era where African Americans faced prejudice in virtually all aspects of life, not least in the scientific world, he succeeded against the odds. Unprepared by his high school, he was accepted to DePaul University in Greycastle, Indiana as a sub-freshman, meaning that he would have to take high school courses concurrently with his freshman courses. Majoring in chemistry, he graduated as valedictorian of his class in 1920. After graduation, he taught chemistry at Fisk University for two years before winning an Austin Fellowship to Harvard University, where he completed a master's degree in organic chemistry. After Harvard, he returned to teaching at West Virginia State College and Howard University. In 1929, Julian traveled to the University of Vienna in Austria to begin doctoral studies on the chemistry of medicinal plants. Two years later, with a degree in hand, he and a Viennese colleague took positions back in the United States at Howard University. Two years later, moved to DePaul. There they accomplished the first total synthesis of physostatamine, the active principle of the calibermine. Used since the end of the 19th century to treat glaucoma, physostagmine, an alkaloid, eases the constriction of outflow channels from the eyes to the aqueous humor to relieve high pressure there, which, if left untreated, damages the retina and eventually causes blindness. Meanwhile, researchers in many countries were seeking innovative and cost-effective ways to synthesize steroids, including cortisone and the sex hormones. German chemists discovered that the steroid stigmasterol, which Julian had obtained as a byproduct of the physostigmine synthesis, but was also obtainable from soybeans, could be used in the synthesis of certain sex hormones, including progesterone, a female sex hormone that was important in helping pregnant women avoid miscarriages. In the pursuit of this lead, in 1936, Julian wrote to the Glidian Company in Chicago requesting samples of their soybean oil. Through a series of events, he wound up being hired by Glidden instead as their director of research in Soya Division, where he set about figuring out ways to make new products from soybeans. Three years after arriving at Glidden, Julian learned from a plant worker that the water had leaked into a tank purifying the soybean oil and formed a solid white mass. Immediately identifying this substance as the Masterol, he realized he had stumbled upon a method for producing large amounts of steroids from soybeans. Though scientists had already knew about how to synthesize progesterone from stemasterol, they didn't have a method for doing it at a massive scale. Now with large quantities of stigmasterol at hand, he was able to develop an innovative industrial process for converting it to progesterone in bulk. Producing five to six pounds of progesterone per day worth thousands of dollars in those days. Soon other sex hormones were in production. In 1948, scientists at the Mayo Clinic announced their landmark discovery of cortisone, which had remarkable effects on rheumatoid arthritis, and Julian jumped into an exciting competition to synthesize cortisone inexpensively. Cortisone is a cortical hormone of the adrenal gland. In 1949, Julian developed a new synthesis for a related substance called Substance S, also presented in the adrenal cortex and differing from cortisone by only an oxygen atom. From this substance, he was able to synthesize both cortisone and hydrocortisone. Hydrocortisone and its derivatives today are more widely prescribed than cortisone products, and most industrial syntheses still begin along the same route that Julian pioneered. 
Julian located a sweet potato on Guatemala. He figured out how to synthesize cortisone from yams for pennies on the ground. Julian remained at Glidden until 1954 when he founded his own company, Julian Laboratories of Franklin Park, Illinois, and Mexico City, which he eventually sold to Smith & Klein and French for millions of dollars. Throughout his life, he was socially active in groups seeking advanced conditions for African Americans, helping to found the Legal Defense and Educational Fund of Chicago and serving on the board of several other organizations and universities. We really hope you enjoyed our Black History Fact for February 2nd, 2022, and be on the lookout for more episodes this week. Peace.